Be with you in a minute. Imagine what you people must think of me, man. <laughs> you don't understand me, but you will in time. In time, you will understand exactly who I am, man. And in time, you will understand exactly what I am capable of, man. <laughs> and then, and finally then, you'll understand what I am. <laughs> but for now, I am the angel in the dirt. My name is Bray Wyatt. Pleased to meet you, man. <laughs> I don't know how to explain this, man. I mean, truly gives me the collie wobbles. I, 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 I can't. There's just a, an aura of just pure. But the collie wobbles. <laughs> Good call, Nigel McGinnis. So, welcome to Panic Attack with Big John. Follow me on Getter, Twitter, Truth Social at the real underscore Big John. Find me on all the social media platforms. I just said that. Do the like, share, subscribe, comment, all those fun things. Um, <clears throat> the reason I'm hopping on here, the wrestling world uh, lost <clears throat> two greats today. Two, or not today, this week. Uh... A legend and a future legend. A WWE Hall of Famer and certainly someone who's going to go into the WWE Hall of Fame uh, in 2024. Uh, Bray Wyatt, I'm going to talk about first. The other one being Terry Funk. I've got an interesting promo of his to play for you in a minute. But... get the cigar going here Bray Wyatt whose real name was uh, Wyndham Rotundo always messed that up Wyndham Rotunda I called his his dad Mike Rotunda Mike Rotundo for his whole career Um, Wyndham the wrestler known uh, as Bray Wyatt was 36 years old apparently he caught COVID earlier this year which they say aggravated a pre-existing heart condition Um, and then yesterday he passed away of a sudden heart attack just gonna leave it at that uh Bray Wyatt was a three-time world champion, world heavyweight champion. I know WWE has about two dozen names for those titles now. Uh, There's the world championship. There's the universal championship. Used to be the SmackDown championship and then the Raw championship. He was a three-time world heavyweight champion two-time tag team champion. Um, CBS News 
said, quote, Rotunda pushed the boundaries of modern character portrayals in not just WWE, but all of professional wrestling. Characters and gimmicks. Every wrestler's got one. But Bray Wyatt went back to the 1990s type of character. Like a Papa Shango people compared him to. A lot of people compared him really to The Undertaker. Which is, I think, a bigger compliment than being compared to Hulk Hogan. Because for 30 years, no matter what Mark Calloway did with that Undertaker character, fans popped and they wanted to see the dead man. They wanted to see the Undertaker come out in the um, dead man outfit. Now, there was a time when that character had run its course and and uh, Mark Calloway saw that and so he became the American badass and then that ran its course real quick and he became the Undertaker again except they pulled back the curtain and said that the Undertaker is living his gimmick he's taking it too seriously and then he went into another incarnation of the Undertaker back to the dead man not many people could pull that off okay so Bray Wyatt, in his short career, went through several incarnations of his character. He did the kind of leader of a, a swamp <laughs> cult type group the Wyatt family um, he spoke in riddles and rhymes he always did that he even tweeted in character in riddles and rhymes um, and he, there were hidden messages in his tweets that you that people kind of figured out there was one tweet where uh, if you took the first letter of every sentence, it spelled out Wyndham. Just little things like that. But he went from, you know, the uh, leader of the Wyatt family. He tagged with Matt Hardy for a little while, was a tag team champion with Matt. He then developed this Mr. Rogers neighborhood on crack type uh, thing um, where he uh, 
brought in a new character called the Fiend. And every time he got over, the fans loved him. He had that cinematic match with John Cena at WrestleMania when it was uh, during the COVID period. So they were able to film a match ahead of time. And it was basically he took John Cena into this other realm of his imagination and got inside John Cena's head and showed John Cena all the incarnations of John Cena and why he hated John Cena. Uh, Without that cinematic match that Bray Wyatt put together for that WrestleMania, and that probably stole the the WrestleMania show. Because, I mean, they were wrestling in an empty warehouse. (laughs) And that... That's the one thing that sticks out about that WrestleMania. Well, two things. One, it was in an empty warehouse. But the Bray Wyatt-John Cena cinematic match sticks out to people. But without that cinematic match, you wouldn't have got the Undertaker versus AJ Styles cinematic match. So, get on. There's a lot of good tributes to Bray Wyatt on YouTube um, I did a little collection of all of his uh, best moments that I could find and made a playlist but find the John's full match John Cena Bray Wyatt Wrestlemania and because I you can't do it in words you, you just have to see it um, the Firefly Funhouse that was like the best segment they've had since Piper's Pit they keep trying to give these people talk shows and interview segments and nothing lives up to Piper's Pit but what Bray Wyatt did with that Firefly Funhouse was nothing like Piper's Pit but it was the best segment of that type that genre since Piper's Pit is what I'm saying Um, the first time I saw him he wasn't on TV yet, hadn't, hadn't debuted on TV, wasn't with the Wyatt family, and I hadn't gotten into the NXT yet, so I hadn't seen this guy before. I was at a house show in Youngstown, Ohio, and <clears throat> out comes this guy to that classic creepy theme song that I love now. I I, I have it on several music playlists that I listen to. And I thought, this is some generic entrance music. I thought, oh, this guy's a jobber or a jabroni. What the hell is this? Um, But after his match, I was like, damn. He cut one of those crazy rambling but philosophical rhyme uh, not not really a rhyme more a riddle there you go a riddle of a promo I'm just like man this guy's gonna be something he just had that vibe and 
I still was like, but what is this guy's character? What is what is he? He comes out in a fedora and a Hawaiian shirt. Is he a is he like a tourist from Florida gimmick? Is that his this new character? You know, I'm not even sure if they announced his name. To be honest with you, I just I, I was sitting uh, floor level. I had a great shot of him coming out the entrance. And uh, I wish I would have photographed him and his match more because this was the, the early incarnations of that Bray Wyatt character. And uh, to see it before anyone else saw it with the Wyatt family on TV would have been something I would have liked to have had photographs of. Just the photographer nerd in me. Um, once he was on TV in that full... Bray Wyatt and he did those promos that made you go what what the hell is he talking about but they captivated you they pulled you in that's when the character grew on me and he ended up becoming one of my favorites uh, of that time frame maybe my favorite wrestler of that in fact yeah for the whole run of Bray Wyatt on television, he was my favorite wrestler, now that I think about it. Um, and of course, now that he's passed, um, everybody is talking about how great he was, how kind he was to the other wrestlers, how creative he was. And you saw that creative genius uh, come through in many ways. And Vince McMahon just didn't get it. And so during, you know, the pandemic budget cuts, budget cuts, uh, he was laid off. And then when Vince got <laughs> suspended or resigned because of Vince is a perv, uh, Triple H brought him back. Then the, the health issue started, sadly. Um... So I, I want to, there's a, a video I found on Twitter as I was scrolling around, wrong mouse, uh, where he's talking about his legacy. Somebody asked him, when you, when you die and are gone, what do you want your legacy to be? And listen to this. Thing that, again, I've, I've been asked time and time again, and like, no one, no one can write words for me. You know, there's... There's, I'd, I'd like to know where we're going sometimes, you know, but I, I can only be me. I, yeah. I'm the only one that can be me. And like, I'm not the type of person that I'm not like Enzo and Cass, you know, where I go out there and I hit the same punchline a hundred times <laughs> and drill it into your head. So you chant it back at me and show me how great I am. Like I'm, when I go out there, I'm trying to deliver something important to me. You know, it's, there's passion and and there's emotion behind every single syllable that I put out of my mouth. Mm. And uh, I feel like people have really connected with that, you know, on, on very deep levels. You know, not just entertainment value, but people that have, like, taken to it as life lessons, which, you know, is cool, I yeah. guess. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it's, when, when I go out there, it, it's, it's because I'm de I want to deliver something special. And I wanted to give them something that no one else does and no one else does me because mm. no one else is me. Yeah. And I think that would be my legacy when I die here, hopefully. Um, 
I don't know when he did that interview. It was when he was champion. It was it was a long time ago. Um, another wrestler that passed away this week uh, was Terry Funk, and I always liked <laughs> these interviews that he gave, where he calls Dusty Rhodes an egg sucking dog. And listen to this. This is uh, from nineteen eighty. Terry Funk. Dusty Rhodes, you no good for nothing, egg-sucking dog. I'm sick and tired of having you claim to be a cowboy. You with your putrid body, your varicose veins, trying to claim that you are the greatest at a bull rope match. You don't even know what a bull rope match is. You don't even know what a rodeo is. You're a drug store cowboy. That's exactly what you are. And I've rode in rodeo after rodeo after rodeo. And I intend on doing the same if I I ever get you in the ring in a bull rope match <laughs> I know what I'm doing and I'm gonna ride you around that ring and I'm gonna whip on you and I'm gonna spur on you and I'm gonna whip and I'm gonna spur and I'm going to ride and I'm gonna put you up wet boy I'm gonna put you up wet that's what I'm <laughs> Terry Funk was so believable in his, his character. Um, I can't remember a time in wrestling when Terry Funk wasn't there. Uh, even to this day, uh, just a few weeks ago, they had a birthday party for Terry Funk. Uh, he passed away at 79 years old. And they presented him with a championship belt. Uh, he looked happy. He looked healthy for his age and whatever uh, illnesses he may have been suffering from. Uh, he was wrestling, obviously, since before I was born in the 60s. Uh, well, I was born in the 70s. He started wrestling in the 60s. Clarify that. Um, he was always a main event guy, always a heel, but he was the first heel that I didn't root against. You just really couldn't root against Terry Funk. And, and I guess there were times when he was a, a face, but he was such a, a badass. He wrestled and talked and acted like a heel, in my opinion. Uh, he went over to Japan uh, he was hugely over there, very popular. He brought the Japanese strong style back to rest, back to the U.S. in the 70s and 80s. Then in the 90s and early 2000s, he was kind of out of American wrestling. Wrestling was changing, and he went to Japan and he got into all these death matches. And he brought the Japanese deathmatch style back to the United States along with Mick Foley. And the two were great friends and they had some great deathmatches uh, against each other. 
in Japan and in the United States. Uh, but early in his career, he was a mat technician. He, you know, was like a legit wrestler. And uh, I believe he was a legitimate amateur wrestler. Don't quote me on that, but um, he could really wrestle. And then, you know, he became a deathmatch and a scrapper and a promo guy. Uh, he helped get ECW Extreme Championship Wrestling off the ground. Because, like Paul Heyman said, Terry was one, believable. He was over. And he wasn't clinging to the top spot. Even though he was always at the top of the card. He wanted to take other wrestlers and bring them up with him. Because every time he got somebody over, that was one more person he had to work with. And he understood that from the old school. Um, like I said, he cut unbelievable promos. My favorite <laughs> angle feud that he ever had was W. Well, it was, I think it was still Crockett Promotions, NWA, 1989. Him and Ric Flair. Ric Flair was a baby face for the first time that I could remember. Uh, there were times in the 70s when Flair was feuding with um, uh, Harley Race. Uh, I don't want to get off topic, though. But the first time I remember Ric Flair being a good guy was when Terry Funk was feuding with him. And Funk was the heel, but I couldn't root against Funk. I just, but it was captivating nonetheless. And there was this huge controversial moment. I shouldn't laugh at this. But. This really controversial moment in that feud where. <laughs> Terry Funk attacks Ric Flair. With a plastic bag and a roll of duct tape. And he duct tapes a plastic bag over Ric Flair's head. And tries to suffocate him to death. Uh, this obviously got him and WCW, uh, NWA, whatever it was, in a lot of trouble with TBS television. Which, <laughs> what Georgia Wrestling, Crockett Wrestling, was one of the things keeping TBS alive at the time, so they just had to let him go with it. I can't believe it was on television. Uh, today, they would be canceled for that. But it led to the Terry Funk versus Ric Flair I Quit match. And I'm like, how is Ric Flair going to win this one? This is how believable Terry Funk was. And I was a kid at the time, of course. But I said, there's no way. Nobody can make Terry Funk say, I quit. This guy's crazy. He's like impervious to pain. And in kind of a mm, ending, you know, Flair made Funk say I quit with the figure four leg lock. And, you know, that was... It wasn't the 
it wasn't the Tolly Magnum TA I quit match that everybody remembers, but I remember it and I remember that feud and I just remember so much about Terry Funk. And how no matter what, you didn't root against him, whether he was a, a heel or not. And, and I guess later in ECW, he was a babyface for a while. Uh, WWF never used him right. He had a very brief stint there as Chainsaw Charlie during the Attitude Era. Uh, and thank God it was a brief stint. And then he went back to ECW in Japan. Uh, because WWF just couldn't. They couldn't use someone like Terry Funk the way he deserved. Uh, Vince just... He's one of those guys Vince just couldn't get. Because Terry was too much old school wrestling. And he was too much of a man's man, to be frank with you. But... You know, Hollywood was able to use Terry Funk. He was in the, um, the movie Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze. Uh, he was in that arm wrestling movie Over the Top with Sylvester Stallone. Um, wasn't a leading man in any of these movies, but he was a pivotal character, you know. And Hollywood saw value in putting Terry Funk in movies. And, oh, you know, we'll get that, you know, couple thousand wrestling fans, those fans of Terry Funk to come see this film for that 10 seconds, half hour that Terry Funk is in it. You know, um, he was, the last one I saw him in was Friday Night Lights, where he plays a a very brief but a rabid uh Perryman Panther fan <laughs> but uh, you just can't think of these guys and smile because the memories they gave you uh, as, as sad as it is you know Wyndham Rotunda 36 years old um, Terry Funk 79 years old was still active wrestling in his 60s Maybe I think he may have been wrestled one match at 70 years old. Um, obviously, his best work was in the 60s and 70s and 80s uh, in his prime. But he adapted with the times. And a lot of wrestlers cannot do that. Um, so, thanks for the memories, Terry and... Wyndham God bless their families pray for them tonight and see you next panic attack with Big John I'm gonna do because rodeoing was when you put a man against an animal and I know you're a pig <laughs> just like your mama was a pig your mother's a pig and you should stay nestled in that sow's belly instead of ever coming into a ring and trying to compete with me now a bull rope match 
goes until there's a submission. Well, in a rodeo, you don't even realize that you just got to ride that bull eight seconds. Well, I'm going to ride you and ride you until you run out of gas and you're going to be snorting and you're going to be sweating and you're going to be breathing oh so heavy because there must be a winner and you are going to admit <laughs> you're going to admit that I'm the best. Heard the uh,